0: This is Sunday Night Worship Service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, May the 22nd, 2022, with our Senior Pastor, Rev. Farrell Hardison, bringing the message, The Discipline of Worship. Starting off with the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church choir.
1: This is what I've heard all my life. I don't know if it's true. The people who come on Sunday morning love the church. People who, who come on Sunday night love the Word. The people who come on Sunday, Wednesday night love Jesus. <laughs> so you are a cut above. You're a cut above. I'm going to give you something tonight. I was going to do it this morning. I forgot about it. Let me give you my phone number. So if you want to uh, write that down, and we can probably put that in the... Uh, program next Sunday. If you don't get it tonight, put it in program next Sunday. It's in the oh, is it in the bulletin? Oh, great, great. Okay. Let's see. I'll make sure she's telling us what's right. It sure is. It sure is. Hey, you know what? Are y'all glad Jenny's back? Matter of fact, was she ever really gone? I don't know. I mean... She went to the hospital and we were like, hey girl, we need you too bad, you got to get back in the game. <laughs> but uh, Jenny, we love you girl and uh, we're glad you're doing well. And uh, went to surgery, supposed to spend the night, come back the next day, she decided she'd just come on back right after her surgery. So she just came right on back. And I thank the Lord for, for that because we need Jenny, don't we? She is, uh, from what I've noticed since I've been here, uh, she's uh, involved in about everything. And I like that. Because she does things with excellence. And uh, if you don't do it like y'all do, she'll, she'll let you know, you know. So I like that. That's called I leadership. I'm sorry? Donna. Okay, Donna. Donna put it in there. All right, Good deal. <laughs> good deal. <laughs> awesome. Put Millie's in there, too. Matter of fact, put hers in bold print. Because really, if you want to know what's going on with me, she'd be the first one you need to call. She knows more about what I'm about than I know what I'm about. Uh, what a good service this morning. Amen. Amen. had a good service, and uh, we thank the Lord for that. I want you to, uh, we're going we're to gonna kind of camp out over in the book of Psalms, but before we go to Psalms, I want you to go a little further to the right, just a few pages, to the book of Isaiah. Look at Isaiah. And I, uh, I don't know how these media people do it, but I don't even tell them some scriptures I'm gonna use and they get them up there on the screen somehow. So uh, thank the Lord for our media people, our media team that uh, does what they do every Sunday and Wednesday and a lot of other times when we don't know, they meet people out here to practice and if you join the media team And especially if you're like Joey and you're over it, over the media team, uh, you're a a busy person. You're very, very busy. And we thank the Lord for for all that they do. Turn to Isaiah, uh, I believe, chapter 14. And uh, I'll give you the verses here in just a minute. I want you to settle this in your mind. Just settle this, what I'm about to say. Just go ahead and embrace it and settle it and believe it and live it. You were made to worship. You were made to worship. Here's what God did. God created, and we could go back to Genesis and read from the Bible, but God created the, the planets and the stars, and he made uh, earth, and of course, earth is, is where we are, and he made the land and the sea. The Bible says that it was out without form, and it was void. In other words, it was kinda disorganized. And it says the Holy Spirit came over the earth at creation and brooded over the earth the way a hen broods over her chicks and makes them come alive. And the Holy Spirit just settled over the earth and formed the earth and everything in it was perfect and everything in it was beautiful. And God said, I've made the animals and I've made the birds and I've made the water and I've made the grass and the trees and the atmosphere. And, and uh, I've caused the sun to come up in the morning and go down at night and, and uh, I've done all of that. Now God says, I'm going to make a creature who will worship me. And he made us. We were made, we were created to worship. We were created not to see what we could get, but to see what we could give to our God. Now, the reason that's so important is because if you don't get that, you're going to miss out on so many good blessings from the Lord. So settle it, study it. Study it. Take these scriptures we'll use, and I'm going to stay on this topic for a few Sunday nights, but but stay on, uh, get in these scriptures that I'm going to give you. Jot them down and read them when you get home, and and then you look up others and add them to what I'm going to give you. But I want you to understand that if you can settle in your heart that nothing, nothing, nothing is more pleasing to God than my worship. My praise, my thanksgiving, my adoration. Now what the reason I want to go to the book of Isaiah is because um, Satan wanted to be worshipped. He wanted God's worship. As a matter of fact, he wanted God to be dethroned and he wanted to be enthroned. and it's really spelled out throughout the Bible in a lot of different places, but it is clearly spelled out here in Isaiah. So So, if you've uh, got there to chapter 14, let's look at um, verse 12, Isaiah 14 and verse 12. If you got it, say amen. So, it starts with a question. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? And of course, we know, and I always love to pick on my music people when I tell this story. We know that Satan was in heaven. He was one of God's angels. And he, pride entered his heart. He wanted to be worshiped, and that's a whole nother teaching there on how that could come about in heaven and all that, and I'm not gonna get into that, but, but he wanted to be worshiped, and he was, I'll tell you what his job was in the church, where's David? He was the worship leader. He was the song leader, and, and David knows, you know, in, listen, anytime you're on the stage, in any setting, anytime you're on the stage, you've got to watch yourself that it don't become about you. You've got to watch yourself that it become, That it's always, especially in church, hey, listen, even in the business world, I will follow a humble leader a whole lot quicker than I will follow an arrogant leader, amen? And, and uh, even in the business world, when you know your boss, when you know the people over you really care about you as a person, then you're willing to follow them and you're willing to listen to them. Well, um, we have to find, as human beings, uh, our nature, let me, let me just say it this way, our nature's not to worship, our nature's to be worshiped. We want to be worshiped, we, we want recognition. And I, you might be sitting there and go, not me, not me, Pastor, not me. We all have that, we all struggle with that. So we have to watch ourselves. we have to stay close to the Lord so the Holy Spirit can check us. And the Holy Spirit can say that's, that's not a good attitude, that's a bad attitude, you don't wanna have that attitude. How many of you all get checked by the Holy Ghost in your life and he'll, he'll check you, he'll say that's not right, that's not good. And you say but but that's what they did is not fair and the Holy Spirit said no matter what they did, you." Get, Two wrongs, and this isn't in the Bible, but it ought to be, <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right. So when somebody does you wrong, it's not your job to get, get revenge, or, or it's, you're not in the justice business. He's in the justice business. And the Bible says that all revenge, that's God's stuff. That's God's business. He, God said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So... We battle our pride, we battle our pride. All of us do, every single one of us. Um, when, you, when, you, um, when you come to understand sin and the root of sin, the root of all sin is pride, the root of all sin. Think of any sin, name any sin, uh, murder is pride. Adultery is pride. Fornication is pride. Lying comes from pride. Think about it. Every sin comes from our pride. And so, when we pray and when we read our Bible and when we fast, when we study the Word of God, it ought to constantly be on our lips. Holy Spirit, dear God, check my pride. Check my pride. Help me keep my pride in check. And you can be a. You can be a. Uh, Uh, ambitious person and still be humble. You can be a great leader and still be humble. You can proclaim the word and still be humble. You can sing and still be humble. God says I want you to use your talent. I want you to use your gifts. I want you to use your ability, but I want you also to understand that always, always, always those gifts, those talents, those abilities Come from me. They come from me. Hey, we couldn't draw a breath if He didn't let us. Y'all do know there's a pump right there in the middle and it just pumps. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. It's right there and God makes that heart pump and that blood flow and the cells come alive in your body. And God does all of that. It's all Him. It's all Him. Uh, there's a book that I uh, read and I, uh, it opens up with uh, it's not about you. That's the first sentence in the book. It's not about you. But let me tell you something. When you don't make it about you and you make it all about him, guess who gets blessed? You. <laughs> but, if you're, but if you're what about me? What about me? What about me? Well, then you're going to miss out on so many blessings. But if you make it all about him. What did we say this morning? He dwells. He abides. He draws near to those who worship Him and praise Him. I want the Lord in my life. Well, learn to worship. Learn to worship. We're going to talk tonight about the discipline of worship because it is a discipline. Anything we do in our Christian life that goes against our human nature takes discipline. It takes discipline. I went with the, I, most of y'all went, I went with folks thirsty and we had very little discipline on that trip. I want to tell y'all right now. <laughs> Every good restaurant, we stopped at, <laughs> I, mean, I felt that way. And man, I, we started in Snow Hill, went on to Washington and come back by the ice cream place, coming home, man. It was great. And I let my flesh have whatever it wanted. Now, I've suffered since then. But, so we're in a constant battle with our nature. Listen to this. This is important. Our nature is not toward God. Our nature is not for God. Our nature, our inherited sin nature that we got from Adam and Eve, it is is for self. It's for self. You say, well, I'm not like that. Well, the fact that you said that shows you're just like that. (laughs) Amen. That's a prideful statement. We've got to recognize that. We've got to know that. Now, I'm going to ramble a little bit here, so you all just let me ramble. That's what sanctification is about. That's what sanctification is about. When's the last time you heard a good sermon on sanctification? Not much. Don't preach on it much. But, man, I'm telling you, we need sanctification in this world, now more than we've ever needed sanctification before. Here's what sanctification does. It is a supernatural act of God over your flesh. Now, here's how they used to say it in the old days. And y'all tell me if you ever heard somebody say it this way. I got saved, but when I got sanctified, I didn't want to sin no more. You ever heard somebody say that? Well, I've never really wanted to sin. I you know, in my spiritual part of me, but boy, my flesh did. My flesh wanted to sin. So how do we keep that flesh suppressed? How do we keep that flesh under God's hand through the work of sanctification? So if you're saved, God's forgiven you for your sins. He's coming to your heart. He lives in you, you're born again, you're saved. If you die right now, you're going to heaven. If the rapture takes place right now, you're gonna be caught up. How many of you know that about yourself? Amen, I know that, I know that. And if you don't know it, if you say, well, I sure hope so, well, you've got to get over that now. Because when you say, I hope so, here's what you're saying. You're saying, you know, I I don't know if I got every duck in a row. Well, I can tell you right now, you don't have every duck in a row. You're not perfect. So how, how do we get to heaven then? We get to heaven on his righteousness. See, when you get saved, The Lord Jesus imparts to you his righteousness, and when the Father looks down from heaven after you get saved, he don't even see you. Who's glad about that? I'm glad about that. He don't even see me. He sees his Son. The righteousness of his Son covers me. It's it's a big old word in the the Bible. It's called, um, I'll think of it in a minute. (laughs) But it's, it's that covering of the blood where the Lord looks at you through the blood of his son and sees you redeemed. See, we cannot save ourselves. Propitiation, that's the word. Propitiation, where the Lord sees us through the blood of his son. And though we're imperfect and though we stumble along the way, the Lord looks down through his son's blood and sees us justified and sees us saved. Amen? Amen. I I gotta tell you something, y'all. If you got to be perfect to go to heaven, I ain't got a chance. I don't have a chance. I battle my flesh. I stumble. Y'all look mighty holy while I'm up here admitting all my stuff. But I'm telling you, I battle. I need God's, I need the sanctifying power of God. I need him to cleanse this vessel every day and strengthen this vessel that I might have his power to push back against how the flesh would want me to let the enemy rule in my life. Amen. So so be thinking about sanctification. Sanctification suppresses that pride, it suppresses that sin nature. And here's what I believe about sanctification. I believe you get sanctified and then I believe that sanctification progresses. I believe you get more sanctified and I believe you get more committed to the Lord as you get in your word and as you learn to pray and commune with him and as you learn to fellowship and as you learn to fast and love on the Lord and let him love on you. I don't know about y'all. I'm going to just admit something to you. There's some things I used to be tempted to do I'm not tempted to do anymore. I'm not tempted to do those things anymore. So you know what that means for me? That I've made some advancement in my Christian life. Now I will tell you this. New levels, new devils. So if you think making spiritual advancement in your life is going to cause you not to have those struggles, no, they're just going to be new struggles. They're going to be struggles on a higher level. You're not not going to be, here's what we want. We're saved. We're sanctified. Here's what we want. We want to be glorified. And let me tell you when you're glorified when you pass from this world to the next one. A lot of people who got sanctified think they're glorified. They're not. They're not. They'll tell you how holy they are, which shows their pride. Amen. Let's talk about them. They're not here. Come on. (laughs) So, so, So think about that sanctification. Lord, sanctify me. I don't want my flesh to rule me. I don't want my flesh to be the boss. I don't want my jealousies that come from human nature, my my anger that comes from my human nature, my unforgiveness that comes from my human... I don't want those things to rule me. Sanctify me. Sanctify me, oh God. Empower me to be able to put those things under my feet that I might live holy for you. Amen. So let's look at Satan here in... in, uh, Isaiah 14. Look at verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Now watch verse 13. Look what it says. For you, Satan, have said. So he's about to quote Satan. He says, for thou hast said in thine heart. Satan, this is what you've said in your heart. I, you have said, this is Satan talking now, I will ascend into heaven. See, this is what Satan really wants. He wants God dethroned and he wants to be put on the throne. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Here he comes, listen, verse 14. I, Satan says, will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Here it comes, here it is. I will be like God. I will be like the Most High. So that's what Satan wants. He wants to be like God. Then the Bible says in verse 15, yet, that might be what you want, oh boy. That might be what you want, but that's not what you're going to get. Look what he says. Yet thou shalt be brought, where? Down. You're not going up. (laughs) You're not going up, oh boy. You're going down. You're going down. Satan's going to lose in the end. We might be in the ninth inning and, It looks like we're losing by 14 runs, but I'm telling you, Jesus ain't batted yet, amen? Amen, that's good preaching right there. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. (laughs) Satan, you're wanting to go to heaven? You're not headed there, old boy. You're not headed there. That's not where your ultimate place is gonna be or your ultimate goal is gonna be. You're, You're going to hell for eternity. He says, you shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And he just goes on and on here, and and we could go on and on. But just that scripture there, write it in your notes so so you can read it later. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. That is where Satan says, I want to be worshipped. I want to be like God. I I want the attention. I want him destroyed. I want him... Uh, gone and I want to rule, I want to take over. And Isaiah, uh, moved on by the Holy Spirit, pins these words. So when you think you don't know what Satan's up to, go back to that scripture and it'll remind you what he's up to. See all that steal, kill and destroy, that's so he can take over. But he's not going to take over. Listen y'all, we're not going to win, we already won. We've already won. Jesus said it is finished when he died on that cross. Jesus won the victory. The Bible tells us in Luke, and I'll preach on that one of these days. The Bible tells us uh, about um, uh, how that the, the uh, Satan is going to be brought down and how he will be destroyed. And we'll get into that. I'm not going to go to that yet. So turn now. Let's go over to Isaiah. I'm sorry, uh, Psalm. Hang a left in your Bible, and go to Psalm 149, and let's just talk about worship here a little bit. Now, our God is a father. He's a father. And, and all you daddies and all you mamas sitting here, you know how it feels to you to be loved by your children and to be honored by your children. And for you, especially if they've got those little ones, to, rem- to see them obey you when they didn't think you were looking. There's something about that as a parent that just thrills your soul. Chris was here the other Sunday and Florence was beaming, buddy. She was just beaming. She had her Chris here. And, and that's how I feel. My boy's coming home this weekend and, and uh, I can't wait to see him. And as soon as I see him, I'm gonna say, get out of the way. Where's that grandbaby? And, uh, <clears throat> but, but to see our children obey, and to see our children um, be what God wants them to be. And I'm not gonna spend a lot of time right here, but right before Mitch died, me and him had spent a long time together talking about the Lord, and he had just wept and cried and wept and cried and said, Daddy, I can't quit, I can't quit. And And we had just spent a wonderful time together I mean, it was wonderful in the sense that he was wide open to talk about God and, and uh, all of that. And, and nothing pleases a, a parent, not just a father, but a parent, like the submission of the children to do those things that you know if they'll do it, they'll be so much better off. Well, I want to tell you something. Our father is the same way. He wants you to love him. You know why we're free will. You know why we're free will? You know why we believe in free will? Here's why we believe it. Because God will not make you love him. He will not make you praise him. He will not make you worship him. He won't make you come to church. He won't make you sing to him. He won't make you do any of those things. Well, I, You know why he won't make you? I mean, what kind of love is that if he makes you? I mean, what if? What if? Uh, when I was an evangelist, you know, I told y'all this morning when I left Pine Level the first time, I became an evangelist for three and a half years, and I would travel all over the country, and I'd come home, and and uh, uh, Brandon and uh, Mitch would they're about this high, you know, and and maybe I'd been gone two or three weeks. Sometimes I'd go preach, and then I'd stay and preach somewhere, and I'd come back, and it, I'd been gone a long time, and uh, they would come running to me, and you know, they would just put their arms around me, and grab hold of my leg, and the first thing out of their mouth was, what'd you bring me? <laughs> you know, and that's just like us, ain't it? I mean, it was all about them, but but they loved me, and they would crawl up in my lap and love on me, and, and I would missed them. There was just nothing like that. I want y'all to know, God wants you to crawl up on his lap. He wants you to love on him. He wants you to just put your arms around his neck. He, he wants you to choose to do that. Now, wouldn't it have been something if right before I walked in the door when I'd been going on one of those long trips, wouldn't it have been something if I was standing at the door and I heard Millie inside saying, now y'all go love on daddy now. And duh, you know, you, you'd, I know you'd rather be in your room or you'd rather go do this, but I want you to go love on your daddy. He's been going long. I don't want him to come love on me because of that. I want him to come love on me because they love me. And God wants us to choose him. He wants us to choose to love him. See, when you walk in here on Sunday morning or even during the week, really, really, it's easy to worship in here to me because I got all my worshipers around me and the music is going and all of that. We got to learn to worship seven days a week. And when we're worshiping, we're, we're just focusing on Him and we're loving on Him and, and we're in trouble and we have got problems and we don't know what to do about this, we don't know what to do about that. Spiritual maturity, spiritual maturity. When you are a mature Christian, you are able to push through all of that and say, Lord, I love you anyhow. I praise you anyhow, I worship you anyhow. Anyway, I adore you anyway. I'm not going to let this old life down here on this earth keep me from loving you and worshiping you and thanking you. I'm telling you, when you begin to develop that in your life on a regular basis, you're going to see God do things that maybe it's been, it's felt like you're in a stuck place. You ever felt like that? Listen, you can praise your way out of it. You can worship your way out of those hard places and those stuck places. And I'm not saying God's gonna reach down his hand and solve every little problem you've got. I'm not saying that. But he'll give you the power. He'll give you the grace. He'll give you the peace to be able to go through it with victory. And I'll tell you this. When lost people see you loving on the Lord in a hard time, they go, that's the real stuff right there. That's the real stuff. I mean, anybody can praise when all the bills are paid and all the doctor reports are good and, you know, everything's good, you know. We, we can all get spiritual then, but when you, can, when you can rejoice in the Lord in your darkest hour, that's when people are looking. That's what's gonna cause lost people to want to get saved. It is that attraction of us living in victory when we're really fighting big battles in our life. Amen. So look what it says. Let's look what it says here. <clears throat> we're in uh, Psalm 159. I'll just go a little bit longer, and then we'll just pick up uh, next, when, next Sunday night when we're here. Uh, I think this Sunday night we're not here, but maybe the next Sunday night we'll pick back up. Look what it says in verse 1 of Psalm 149. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Well, I mean, that's us. I know, I know they were under the temple worship and all of that back then, tabernacle worship and, and all of that. I understand that. But, but that, that analogy, that picture there, that's why we come together on Sunday. People go, and I, I, I agree, uh, you know, uh, church attendance is not salvation. But I'll tell you what, I believe if you love Jesus, you're going to love what Jesus loves, and Jesus loves the church, amen? He died and gave himself for the church. And, and, uh, you know, we we say to be saved, you you give your heart to the Lord, and then you do these other 10 things. Well, uh, really, the only thing that's going to get you to heaven is that you gave your heart to the Lord. Isn't that right? I mean, the, the man hanging on the cross beside of Jesus had done no good works. He had done no good works. But the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and said, because of your faith in me today, you're gonna, I'll see you in paradise. So it's not giving our heart to the Lord plus good works. It's just when you give your heart to the Lord, you're saved, you're going to heaven. Now, if you love the Lord and you really got saved, you're gonna want to do good works. You don't do good works to be right with God. You do good works because you are right with God. Amen? And so, so... Your worship comes out of your love for him, your appreciation for him. Look what it says in verse two. And of course, the book of Psalms is the hymn book of the Israelites. It's the hymn book of the uh, Hebrews. It says, let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion, and Zion is just another word for Jerusalem or Israel. Let the children of Zion be joyful in the King. We talked about joy this morning. Joy is so important and, and we'll certainly be preaching on that more and more in the days and weeks and months to come. But, but let your joy shine. And I said something this morning being funny. I thought I was funny. Maybe I'm not. But but I said, fake it till you make it. Now, I don't mean fake being a Christian or fake being a i I'm talking about when you're going through a dark time, let the outside of you show your faith in God. You may be troubled inside. And maybe when we all get together as Christians, you can let that out and we can pray for you and all of that. But when you're walking around in this world, you walk around in this world, saying, as bad as it is, if the Lord were to come right now, I'd go to heaven. And just be joyful. Just be joyful. Do you ever do you ever uh, look at situations and go, how in the world do you go through that without the Lord? Have you ever been in the hospital? Uh, I have many, many times with families. And uh, just see a family over there, they're crying, but they have no pastor. They have no minister. And they, they reach out to the chaplain at the hospital, and I'm all for that. But but you don't know what those chaplains believe. You, you don't know what their belief is. And, and they come and maybe they minister a little counsel and all of that, but I don't know how people go through the things they go through without a real connected relationship with the God of the Bible, with a true God, the true and living God. Man, don't, if you're gonna call a preacher for me, call one that knows Jesus, amen. <laughs> If you're going to get me a counselor, get me a counselor that knows the Lord, knows the scriptures. It says in verse three, let them praise his name in the dance and uh, let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. And we talked about this a little bit this morning. For the Lord takes pleasure. The Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He takes, just like you look down on your children, whether they're grown or whether they're little and they're behaving and they're doing like they ought to do and they've got a sweet spirit, you look down on that and you take pleasure in that. Our God, when he looks down on Sunday morning and he sees us loving on one another and he sees us singing to the top of our lungs, we, we you know, the Bible talks about an uncertain sound. I think that's what I make when I sing, but... but you know, we're singing to the Lord. We got our hands up, we're clapping, and the Lord looks down and he takes pleasure. We you we I mentioned it this morning. We're blessing the Lord. We're blessing him. When we sing, we are blessing him. When we are rejoicing, when we're in this altar crying out and weeping and calling on his name. We are we are being a pleasure to him and I I want to be that. I I want to stand before the Lord one day and, and him go, farewell. you know, you didn't bring me pain the whole time. You brought me a little bit of pleasure too. I, w- I want the Lord to say that about me. Look what it says in the Bible. The Lord taketh pleasure, verse four, in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud. There's that word loud again. Upon their beds. Now that, have you ever, uh, have you ever been so low that in the middle of the night you wake up and just tears run down your face and drip on your pillow? And you just begin to rejoice and say, Lord, I, I need you. I need you. I love you and I need you. Just laying right there in the middle of the night. A man told me this morning, God woke him up in the middle of the night. and He said, I usually sleep pretty good straight through. I said, well, you ought to be thankful for that. A lot of us don't. <laughs> but he said, I, he woke me up. He said, the minute he woke me up, he said, I haven't been awake two minutes. He said, I, he said, I heard him say, pray, pray. He said, I thought, well, what do you want me to pray about? And he said, the Lord just said, pray. He said, and I, I just began to pray. And then he talked about kind of what was going on. He found out later that maybe that prayer was about, but, but that's how God works. Look at verse five. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. See, worship, praising God is not an option. It's a command. It's a command of God that you be a worshiper, that you be a praiser. It says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand, amen, fighting the battle and praising God. (laughs) You ever feel like your life's like that? You got one arm over here praising God and you got the other one with a sword trying to whip the devil. Well, I'm telling you, when you're worshiping God, you've got God there to fight that battle with you. Verse seven, to execute vengeance upon the heathen, and punishment upon the people, and he's talking about the judgment of God right there. To bind their kings with chains. See, it looks like the world's winning right now, but they're not going to win. They're not going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. And their noble uh, nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. The honor have all this honor have all the saints praise ye the Lord. Now look at chapter one fifty, and then I'm done. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him in here and praise him out there. Praise him everywhere. I told you all, I think, first, second Sunday I was here, there's only two times you got to praise God when you feel like it and when you don't. And I'm gonna tell you, if you learn to praise him when you don't feel like it, you're going, to learn, you're going to learn that's the best time to praise him. That's the most important time to praise him. Praise him, in the, uh, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. There's that music again. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. That everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Here's what I want you to understand. Then finally, it, it ends with the sentence, "Praise ye the Lord." I love the word. I dropped it on the floor, but I still love it. Um. God loves our praise, God wants our praise, we're commanded to praise, we're commanded to worship, but ultimately, you're the one that benefits. You're the one that benefits. How, have you, maybe you've been like I've been before. I haven't really felt like praising God sometimes. And it wasn't that anything bad was going on. My emotionally, emotionally, I just didn't feel like it. But you do it because of discipline, the discipline of worship. How many times have you ever been saying, I'm I'm lifting up the Lord, and when the Lord gets lifted up, you get lifted up right along with him. Amen? I mean, you, you come in the church, And you say, well, the preacher said, I better praise the Lord. Preacher said, no matter what I'm going through, I I need to really sing out. I need to put my heart in it. Well, here's the thing about that. You're the one that's going to benefit. Now, we're doing it for him. He's on the throne. I told you this morning. He's the audience. We're doing it for him. But everything we do rebounds back to us in blessing. Everything. So when you're praising God, you're not missing out. You're not missing out. You're not saying, well, let me just, you know, not, not receive anything and let me just give it all to the Lord. Well, when you start giving it all to the Lord, he just reaches down there and lifts you right up too. Amen. You know what I believe? I believe we'd see more healings if we would worship our way to healing, praise our way to healing. I believe we'd see more miracles in the church if we could learn to, to have a heart of adoration toward God and, and say, God, I'm, I'm sick. My body's sick. But Lord, if you'll strengthen me, I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to walk faithfully in you anyway. I think sometimes we'd see some healings happen in our body if we could learn to praise him in the time of trouble. Amen. Just remember this. Just remember, he dwells. He comes he shows up where people worship him. And that can be in a body like this, or it can be in your car all by yourself going down the road with tears running down your face because of one of your children, or because of you got laid off your job, or because the doctor gave you a bad report, and you can be going down the road and say, God, I know I got that report, and I know my child is driving me nuts, and I know my marriage is in trouble and I know I just got laid off my job, but God, I just love you. I know you're the one that takes care of me. The man that signs my checking, the one that takes care of me, you're the one who takes care of me. And I'm going to love you and I'm going to worship you. and I'm, gonna I'm telling you, you would see some breakthroughs in your life if we can discipline ourselves to be people of worship. Amen? Amen. Let's come to the altar. And let's spend a little bit of time worshiping him, loving on him, letting him love on us. And uh, whatever you need from the Lord today, you just bring it in a spirit of praise and a heart of praise and thanksgiving. If you'll notice the prayers of the Bible, they begin with praise. They begin with praise, and we'll look at that as we go through this study, but every prayer in the Bible begins with adoration to the Lord. Matter of fact, even the prayer where the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray, what was the first thing in that prayer? Hallowed be thy name. See, that's, that's hallelujah, that's worship. Hallowed be thy name. Great is your name, there's no name above your name. I like that song we sung this morning. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. See, when you, when you, in your prayer life, when you can incorporate that in your prayer life and just, God, there's nobody like you, you say, well, preacher, I, I tell you, I praise the Lord sometimes, but in about two or three minutes, i thought everything I can say. I understand that. Say it again. Say it over and over. But what you're saying is, Lord, There's nobody like you. There's nobody to be compared with you, Lord. There are no, matter of fact, you're the only true and living God. And anybody else that says they're God is just the devil wearing a mask. Amen, there's only two ways to worship, Satan or God. You say, well now, I know about this religion over there and this religion over here in this country, and they got that religion, all those religions that are not about Jesus, are the devil in disguise. Just the devil in disguise. So we, we adore him, we love him, we worship him, we praise him. You know, discipline yourself to say, you know what, I'm gonna go in there in my prayer time and I'm not gonna ask him for a thing this morning, I'm just gonna tell him thank you. I'm just gonna tell him thank you and I'm just gonna f- praise him for who he is. See, when you thank him, you're saying, Lord, thank you for what you've done When you praise Him, you're saying, Lord, I lift you up because of who you are. You are God Almighty. So Father, we gather in the altar of our church right now and we magnify you, we glorify you, we praise you and we just wanna say in our humble way and and our words are broken and sometimes our thoughts don't connect But Lord, we just want to say that we know there's none like you, Lord. You are the king, but you're not just the king. You're the king of all the kings. You are the Lord, but you're not just the Lord. You are the Lord of all the lords. You're above all. And you're the God of the Bible. And you're the God of Moses. And you're the God of Abraham. And you're the God of Uh, Jesse and Jacob and you're you're the God of Joseph and David. You're the God of the Bible. You're the God of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're Paul's God. And you're our God. You're the God of the Bible. And we love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We lift you up we lift you up and we've got needs and we've got, we're desperate for you. We, we can't even live without you. But Lord, we just want to pause and, and say to you, Daddy, we love you, Daddy. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. We love you. You're not just somebody we call on when we're in trouble. But Lord, you're somebody we want to be with. You're somebody we want to spend time with. We're, you're somebody we want to have a sense of your presence every moment of every day. And we know to do that, we've got to discipline ourselves to be worshipers because the Bible says, you dwell in praise. You are present when praise is going on. So God, we praise you, we praise you. If you've got a sickness in your body, I want you to begin to praise God, the God of healing. God, we (coughs) we know you're the God of healing, and we praise you, God, for healing our body. We, if The healing might not have come yet. It might not have manifested yet. But, Lord, we are believing you. We're trusting you. We know you love us. And, Lord, whatever you want us to learn from this trial, we want to learn it. We want to grow and mature. But, Lord, we magnify the name of our healer, our healer God. You're our healer. You're our provider. You're our provider, you're the one that provides that we might pay our bills, that we might turn that air conditioner on in the summer and that heater on in the winter. You're the God who gives us vehicles and and we're able to travel and go about our business and do what we need to do. Every penny we possess came from your hand. And we recognize you as the source of all that is good in our life, all that is good and and all that is that is pure and right and, and satisfying. Lord, the things of this world, we've tried them, they don't satisfy. It. They might bring a little momentary pleasure, but Lord, we don't want that. We want the peace that passes understanding. We want the joy of the Lord bubbling over. And Lord, I want my words to be a witness, but Lord, I want my countenance to be a witness. I want the, I want my, my Personality to be a witness. I, I want how I how I treat people. I want that to be a witness. I want how I am compassionate. I want that to show through, Lord, that it's that it's you that gives me that compassion for the needy and that compassion for the lost. There's nobody like you, Lord. I love you. You're my father. You're my father. Jesus is my elder brother. The Spirit is my comforter my guide, my teacher. And Lord, I surrender myself to you. Help me know when I'm pushing back against you, Lord. Help me know. Help me see when I'm pushing back. Help me see when I'm not surrendered to you. And God, teach me to surrender. Teach me to surrender. We used to sing that old song, I surrender all. Lord, teach me to do it. Teach me to surrender all to you, Lord. Not fight against you, but to to just lay down at your feet and and say jesus use me that old song jesus use me oh lord don't refuse me surely there's a work that i can do we thank you lord we magnify you we pray god that the that the quality of worship that the quality of praise in the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church will increase every day, every Sunday, every time we gather, that we will become more and more a worshiping, praising, glorifying God church. That's what we want to be. And Lord, to your name be the glory and the honor and the praise. Amen.
0: You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Wellness Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Wellness Church is located on 112 East Blant Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m don't forget if you can't join us in person you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org you can watch our services check out upcoming events and lots more there at the website you can also check out our app through google play or ios app store download the pine level pentecostal in church app it's free to use free to download you can watch our services live or on demand check out other things about the church even donate to the church through the link if you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link, and you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. The radio station is playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Palo, Pentecostal and his church.